We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The Cleveland Cavaliers select Evan Mobley. It's been a historical franchise in this league for years. We have a trade to announce. The Boston Celtics select Jason Tatum. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the NBA Front Office Show. Happy Friday. Heading into a weekend here. And, oh my, we've got a lot of trade stuff to discuss today. I'm Trevor Lane. You can find me on Twitter at Trevor underscore Lane. Joined by Keith Smith. Find him at Keith Smith NBA. Keith, we were just talking. There's so much trade stuff that's out there. It's almost physically impossible for one person to sort through all of it. We're struggling to keep up with everything that's out there at this point. Yeah, it's crazy. We we did a little behind the scenes here. We kind of keep a, a running list of just notes of, all right, we should talk about mm-hmm. this and that. And and sometimes topics fall off that list because it gets bumped by something bigger. But it, it really is crazy now because you have to – it used to be, all right, they're going to dr- dump these trade notebooks. And then you, of course, have Twitter, obviously. Yeah. But then it became – podcasts all sorts of things get put out there you've got daily tv shows where topics are thrown out there now you've got these different live audio apps that are basically almost kind of like radio shows where you know nba insiders very credible people are throwing stuff in there and it's like i told trevor i was like thank god for the car drop off uh, and pick up each day because that's my only time to focus and listen on podcasts and i feel like i'm I, I'm piling up uh, my non-basketball podcasts, a few I listen to, because I just don't have time. I'm just trying to plow through NBA news. Yeah, exactly. And that's 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 what we're doing at this time. But we love it. We love it. We love this. Yeah. We love oh, this yeah. time of year. Yeah, it's not a no, complaint. not at all. It's it's great. <laughs> but man, it is it's crazy how as things have gone on, as as things have changed and shifted, we're seeing more stuff in different places. So you're having to scour different, yep. different areas, whether it is like a, a live chat, things like that. You've got, um, you've got podcasts, you've got, of course, the, the news posts and all sorts of stuff that's out there. So we've done our best to compile. Well, let things. me say one thing yeah. too, just as a thank you beyond thankful for real GM's wiretap, yes. as well as uh hoop types rumors page, because they do a great job of collecting all the biggest stuff and, uh, you know, filtering through and getting you the real kind of meaty news that you need to. And that is huge for us doing this show because those are probably our two uh, primary sources to run to to check for news and notes and all those things beyond the things we hear directly just to make sure we're not missing something. But, yeah, let's go because there's a pretty big yeah, bubbling let's, story. Going let's talk on. about this. James Harden. A little beard tampering going on here, potentially. Uh, yeah, teams are getting a little concerned that maybe there's something already kind of fishy going on with James Harden and the Philadelphia 76ers, to the point where teams are considering, uh, according to Chris Haynes, uh, about asking the NBA to kind of look into this. So what are your thoughts on on this, uh, this whole situation? Could this wind up being a tampering complaint? Yeah, I think it, it may very well as if Harden, of course, lands with Philadelphia in the end. If he doesn't, then it's probably one of those things where everybody says, all right, you know, let's wash our hands and move on. We, we don't really care about this. But if he lands there, it's you don't have this much news this far out. I mean, this makes the Kyle Lowry stuff look, you know, like. 
yeah. minor, right. you know, we, because that was legitimate. The Heat got super close to a trade for Kyle Lowry last season about at this time on the calendar. And then it turned into they signed him and clearly them in Chicago jumped the gun and did what right. they did in their sign and trades and whatever. But it this is full on. Is this a player and a co-owner? Because he's very close with Michael Rubin, who's one of the Sixers co-owners, meaning he, meaning being James Harden. Um, is this the two of them and maybe Daryl Morey, but really kind of back-channeling things to a really, uh, you know, kind of unprecedented uh, degree of, hey, let's team mm-hmm. up. Let's make this happen. How do we make this work in the offseason? Now, the Nets have said, there's no trade happening right now, as they should. Sure. They're they're a title contender. There's no reason to make a trade right now. Uh, I've had a couple people ask, so they're just going to risk losing him for nothing? No, because he's not going to Detroit, Orlando, or San Antonio, right. Those are the, cap who are the only teams. teams with cap yeah. space. So you're going to get something in a signing trade. And if you don't like what the something is, you simply say, no, we're not doing it then. We're not going to do that. And then... It's not like James Harden's going to go sign the mid-level exception to get to a team like that. That's not going to happen. So uh, Brooklyn still has quite a bit of power, whether it's now, later, whenever. But yeah, this is a messy situation that I think you've got beyond the Nets and the Sixers. There's 28 other teams that are like, well, wait a minute. We can't be having this stuff go on this far out. Well, and here's my, my initial thought when this first started coming out was how do teams that are pursuing – Ben Simmons feel right now. If you're the Sacramento Kings, if you're the Pacers, if you're the Wolves, if you're any of the teams, the Hawks, any of the teams that have been in the mix, right, for Ben Simmons, and you're getting the impression now that the Sixers don't even want to trade him. And and this is not a new thing. That's been from the moment he hit the market, there have been teams that have walked away from conversations with the 76ers saying they don't really want to trade this guy based on what they're asking for. But now we're starting to hear this, well, they're kind of thinking about just keeping him through the deadline and then trying to work something out for James Harden. If you're one of those teams that's been trying to negotiate with the 76ers and now this stuff is coming out, you got to be wondering, is there even a deal to be had? Is it even worth Mm -hmm. going down this path if the Sixers already have their minds made up because they know James Harden is coming? in the offseason and that's where teams are going to get upset if something is already pre-arranged with a player that's under contract with another team yeah absolutely that that's the the part that's frustrating the the lonzo ball kyle lowry stuff that tampering i don't care is that even in season does not matter to me that's that was in the offseason i mean it maybe there was a little bit of going on with the lowry stuff because the heat were looking to trade for him but that stuff doesn't really bother me and it doesn't it's not a not a thing but here you have a title contender with one of their key players the, their second most important player because we don't know what we're going to get out of Ky- mm. Kyrie Irving right now so their second most important player right Kevin Durant and it's like yeah maybe he's already got something arranged where he's looking to leave in the offseason and and I know people will scream well isn't that what happened with Anthony Davis is not what uh Carmelo Anthony did back in the day what about Paul George I get it, but those are not those teams were not title contenders in the moment with a you know thing getting set up that's a, a very big, complex, hard thing. And I'm with you if I'm those other teams. Now, if I'm those other teams, what I'm doing today is I'm trying to get a real good feel. And this is where you've got to trust your relationship yeah. side is is this really what Philly's doing? And you know, if Philly was doing this on the level, saying, Hey, we think there's something better for Simmons later then 100%, you you don't make the move now, right? If you think, yeah, I could add a few quarters, but I can really go get that dollar player you know, later, then you do it. But if you're those teams and you're like, yeah, well, they're just holding them because they they need that salary in the Harden sign and trade, then you move on and you move to whatever your next target is on your list and you start going. So in a weird way, maybe this does jumpstart the market sure. if enough teams say, forget it, Simmons is out, we're done, we're moving off that. Um, we're not even going to hold our pieces for the summer because there's nothing even there then. And then then you then you move. So that's that's where maybe this, this goes. But yeah, this isn't a great look uh, that we're hearing this you know, six months, well, five months, because we're at the end of January, five months ahead of when we should even be starting to talk this stuff. That's not great. Well, and that's just it. From a big picture perspective, if the 76ers are going to take the gamble that maybe something better will be there in the offseason, okay, 
may, you know, you could see where they could weigh the pros and cons of, of doing that. The con obviously being that you don't get pieces in right now to help Joel Embiid to perhaps go win an NBA championship, but maybe you really feel like there can be something out there in the summer and it's worth taking that risk to wait. That's okay. That's a decision that, that franchises can make, mm -hmm. but it's not a risk if you already know. If you already know yeah. you're getting that yeah, guy in the exactly. summer and then that's where that's where the NBA is going to have a problem with it. But we also talk, Keith, on here all the time about who benefits from information getting out. So now this is this mm -hmm. is kind of getting floated out there. I do wonder who benefits. It's certainly not the 76ers from from this no. situation. So is this getting put out there as a way of like, like, hey, 76ers, if you're thinking you're just going to get James Harden, we're going to let people know kind of what's really going on here. So maybe you do want to come back and negotiate now because who knows what the NBA is going to say if you guys go sign him in, in July or trade for him in July. Yeah, it could very well be. I mean, there's there's all sorts of stuff. I think, you know, it could just be to some reading of, you know, putting pieces together sure. and saying, you know, Harden is super close with their co-owner and they've, they've you know, had a, you know, uh, I think Chris Haynes termed it as a very, 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 very good friendship. Um, so that, you know, tells me, you know, it's there and that's not, it, these guys can have relationships sure. with these people just when it comes into this, that that's when it can become an issue. So we're, we're going to see, you know, well, unfortunately it's probably five months from now before we get a real understanding of where this might go. Cause I don't think anything's happening on this front in the next uh, week and a half yeah. here. All right. Um, we do, we have a lot more trade stuff to get into, but let's mention it real quick. The all-star starters were named um and well there was one of these things is not like the others <laughs> andrew wiggins gets yeah, a starting andrew spot wiggins. in the western conference a lot of people pointed to the fact that it had to be a front court player um but for me and i we talked about this yesterday i don't particularly get too worked up about the all-stars all-star game or anything like that um it's interesting to discuss who should and shouldn't be and all of that but the game itself i'm not going to worry too much about it but i the NBA changed their rules a few years ago in order to make it so it's not just a fan vote in order to prevent situations like this from happening. Where <laughs> Because of Zaza right, <laughs> Where you don't want something like this happening. And again, this isn't saying Andrew Wiggins is a bad player, but is he an all-star? No. And part of this might be the position thing, and then that's an argument for just get rid of the positions. Because there's no way... Mm -hmm. like. Andrew Wiggins being an all-star starter over Devin Booker just because one's considered a guard and one's considered a, a front court player, eh, I, that doesn't sit well. But again, this is this is the situation the NBA was trying to prevent from happening, where the fan vote pushes in a player who probably isn't all-star caliber. He's not, he's a good player. He's a good player, but all-star caliber, I don't think anybody can suggest that that he is that. Yeah, and certainly not all starter, yes. starter caliber. I mean, you know, in, in because of injuries and guys who have missed time, there's a chance he could have squeaked sure. on as the twelfth All Star or something like that. And that's ultimately where as I a replacement put him player. in the end as a replacement, you know, player. But yeah, it, it is. You know, this is it. It's not great. But the other nine guys, all yes. fine. Yeah. You know, no real issues if, you know, if people want to complain about Zach Levine. Zach Levine's going to get in anyway. You want to complain about Chris Paul and Devin Booker. I get it, but they're going to get in anyway. So, yeah, I have no real issue. And I'm with you on get rid of the position, especially where we do the draft yeah. now. It is. I mean, you could have, you know, it's LeBron and Kevin Durant are the team captains. They could draft, you know, one of the two could draft a team of all the front court yeah. guys, you know, because they're both front court guys. And yeah, I mean, why, why not? And go crazy. I mean, that's, you know, and again, it's the all-star game. It should be fun. You, you know, yeah, let's see what a team of all seven footers <laughs> looks like against a team of all, you know, six foot five and under guys. You now, because why not? Mm -hmm. Right. Again, it's the all-star game. Let's just have fun with it. So, yeah, but, you know, we'll, we'll see. Reserves will be announced next Thursday. Um, So a week from now on next Friday, we'll talk about, you know, what the team are and who maybe the big snubs were and those kind of things if there are any uh there will be spoiler alert because there always is um but yeah we'll we'll get into all that there but yeah for now andrew wiggins all-star starter uh the other the last thing i'll say on this is people have asked kevin durant it's already been reported he will right. not play so there's people who well how does it work well what will happen is the team the reserves will get announced then the commissioner will pick who goes if it holds to form as long as he's announced as at least a reserve, 
I would expect Jason Tatum to probably start because what the commissioner generally has done is gone to the next player on the list in the fan mm-hmm. voting to bump them into the starting group when a starter has had to miss. So I do think there's a chance that, that we could see Jason Tatum as part of the starting group if, you know, with KD not going. I don't know, and I don't remember. I think KD still picked his team last year, even though he was out. I think he was still the captain and, so. and picked the team, but I don't, yeah. I don't remember. You know, so I, th- I assume he'll still be the captain that drafts the team or whatever. I mean, an MCL doesn't prevent you from picking a team, so so he should no. be he yeah, should exactly. be he should be able to yeah. do that. I, oh, I'm sorry. Last last thing yeah. on this, I agree with Mark Stein. Line them all up at yes. court ten minutes before the game <laughs> and pick pick that way. Just like we used to do on the playground. Go. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. Hundred percent, but it would be way more fun. Try it one year, you know. You know, it'd just be but this fun. Is, so even just, and I know we don't want to go too far into all star stuff, but players weren't huge fans of like picking teams when that was when that was yeah. being floated out there because they don't want that on them, right? They don't they don't want yep. that on them to put them face to face with guys that they have. And like, imagine <laughs> if it gets down sure. to the last two, and you've got that pick, and then you've got a you know, and one's your buddy or whatever, and you're like it. Yeah, or your teammate. You, oh, imagine? your teammate. Yeah, absolutely. Like this is players won't like that. For everybody else, no. though, it would be a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know what's funny is I think back to I remember there was a year when Al Horford made it, and everybody was like, he's going to be the last guy picked, and I think his comment was, "Last All Star, still an All Star." Yeah. So. Yeah, you know, I mean, hey, at the end of the day, you know, it's not, not like we're drafting the you know 17th man for the you know, worst team in the league here. Um, let's let's see here. We've got a lot of trade stuff to get into at this point, so let's let's get into my Lakers. There's some news out there on them, and some that's actually kind of confusing in terms of making the salary mm-hmm. cap work. So, Keith, this is why this is this is great that, that you're here with me because I'm looking at this and I'm thinking. There's the math does not work on this. So the the word that's out there, according to Chris Haynes, is that the Lakers called up the Kings about Buddy Heald. Shocker, right? Because the Lakers and Kings were on the verge of making a deal for Buddy Heald during the offseason. <laughs> and then fate intervened and the Lakers wound up with Russell Westbrook instead. But apparently the Lakers have called the Kings and they've been offering their go-to package, the only package they can really offer. And that is Taylor Horton Tucker uh, as part of it. Uh, according to Haynes, you've also going to have to have Kendrick Nunn in there. I don't know if the first would be involved or not. The 2027 first, you have to imagine, but getting there $22 million for Buddy Heald, the math doesn't work on this, Keith. Even if I, even if we stack up two veteran minimums along with THT and Kendrick Nunn, you still aren't quite at a workable deal. So what's going on here? Why is this, this getting out that the Lakers are trying to trade for Buddy Heald when it doesn't seem like they have the salaries to do it? Yeah, and, and, and I will say this with full disclosure. I know Chris, so Chris's reporting is yes. always true and honest. He, he's not. He doesn't just throw stuff out there randomly. It's also Chris is not one of these. You don't see Chris out there every third day with some new rumor, right? It's when he has something, he has something real. Now, what I think is probably going on is the Lakers are, it was probably an engagement around, are you interested in this as a base mm-hmm. package? We'll figure out the rest. That is my assumption here is we'll figure this out. If that means we've got to get a third team because we're going to have to send out three of our minimum set, you know, Wayne Ellington, Dwight Howard, DeAndre Jordan, and um, Kemp Bazemore. You know, we got to get somebody to, you know, hey, Oklahoma City, will you take <laughs> one of them on for, you know, a future second? Um, that may be the way this sure. went down, right? It could, could be because you're absolutely right. The Horton Tucker non package. So because the Lakers are a tax team, highly likely to be a tax team at the end of the trade. What it works is they can take the outgoing salary that they send out. So that's 14.5 million for those two guys. And they can bring back 125% of that. So that's 18.1 million plus a hundred thousand. So you're talking 18.2 million. That's your mm-hmm. range, right? And that is the top end of your range. You add a $1.6 million player to that. Because that's a minimum player, 1.7. Let, let's round it. Now we're getting close to that's $20 million. But Buddy Heald is a $23 million player yeah. this season. So that doesn't, to your point, that doesn't match up. You, you're going to have to do the, the it, it was funny on the low post, uh, Zach Lowe said to Bobby Marks, we need a nickname <laughs> for the Horton Tucker Nun package. And it was so true um, there. But I'll just call it the package for now. You need to add. 
two, three players to the package to go get Buddy Healed because you're still you're you're over five million dollars mm-hmm. short. Um, you know, on there about five million dollars short to start with. And two minimum guys, that's only about three point four million. So that's where probably would it let's just pretend, right, and say that was gonna go down. My guess is that's what it would be, is it would be something along the lines of Horton Tucker, non first round pick. And then the bat salary ballast would be Wayne Ellington, uh, DeAndre Jordan, Kent Bazemore. I'm just they're right. the three guys who don't really play. Um, and then you throw them in there, and then you uh, probably get a third team because the Kings Kings aren't in a position to also do teams. a five yeah. for one trade exactly. So then you throw in you know one of those those guys there, or maybe the Kings send back a minimum salary too. Because remember, with minimum salaries, you can either count them or not mm-hmm. count them in a trade so you in the lakers case they would have to because they're trying to plus up their number and the kings could send out a minimum guy or two and not count it um towards the matching if they they even have that and i'd have to look to see if they do because i think the couple guys they have on minimums may not be true minimum exception guys so so yeah so that's the the thing let's um I, i think the reporting is true and valid that that there's at least discussion but it, it matters how we get there in the framework. And right now, there's not a path to And that. according to Haynes, the, the Kings said no. The, the Kings don't don't yes. want that. They think they can get more for Buddy Heald. Now, maybe that changes. Which I think they uh, can. Yeah, I, I think they can too. Now, may, maybe that changes yep. before the trade deadline. But this is the yep. challenge for the Lakers. Is if you look at this stuff, we talk on one hand, we talk about the logistics, the, the salaries they can stack up. But on the other, the problem they've got is Kendrick Nunn hasn't played all season. Taylor Horton Tucker has mm-hmm. not played well. Most of the season, he's had yep. some flashes where he's had some some nice performances, sure. but also somewhere he didn't look good at last night against the 76ers. He did not look good at all. So yep. if these guys were playing and playing well, this discussion would probably look a little bit different. But right now, the sure. Lakers have that challenge. It's not just making the math work. It's finding teams that want these specific players that the Lakers have to offer. And again, you and I have gotten into this quite a bit. This is... The one of the drawbacks of doing the deal they did in the offseason, if they didn't do, and I know this hurts Lakers fans, but if they didn't do the Russell Westbrook <laughs> trade right now, the Lakers could be talking to the Kings and could say, oh, and assuming they didn't do the Buddy Heald deal in the offseason either, <laughs> by the way. Say, but if hypothetically we're in this uh, alternate we'll timeline yeah. where where yep. we've got variant Buddy Heald and he hasn't and he's still a Sacramento King. Uh, and you've got these pieces for the Lakers. Let's say the Kings say, eh, you know, we just don't really like Taylor Horton Tucker. The Lakers could go, oh, okay, well, uh, could we interest you in Kyle Kuzma? He's a $13 million. Yep. Could we interest you in Contavious Caldwell-Pope? What about, uh, hey, we signed Alex Caruso to a deal. Here's that. Or Montrez Harrell, right? They would have different yep. options that they could turn to in the event that a team doesn't like a specific player. With the situation the Lakers are in now, it's the package. It's THT. It's Kendrick Nunn. That's it. That's it's that's what they can offer. So that's going to be the challenge here for the Lakers moving forward. Agreed. I think any for in a trade for any one single player, you're capped out at about 20 million in salary, just less than that, because I think you can pull off in general a three for one trade with relative ease because you can do Horton Tucker done plus one minimum that gets you to almost 20 million in matching salary. If you go beyond that, then you're having to get a third team involved. That just becomes difficult because if let's just say in this construction, if it's the Kings in Oklahoma City, the Kings have no reason to pay Oklahoma City to take on a Lakers mm-hmm. salary. That's you know, so that's then you're talking, all right, well, what are the Lakers throwing the Thunders way? And that becomes all right, well, let's get, you know, we're gonna send a pick or something like that. And that's that's where it starts to get really, you know, kind of more complicated than not. And that that's the tricky part. Now, let's flip to to another thing involving yeah. the lakers and just because it's kind of a fun thought exercise this is not reporting was not reported by bobby marks or zach Lowe. this was just what mm-hmm. if you know talk like we do here right we we throw out uh what if look at that we got what if invariants in there yes. the marvel uh love stage yep, that's right on the uh front office show what bobby threw out there was the knicks are open to uh, Brian Windhorse reported at first. Zach and Bobby confirmed uh, that the Knicks are open to trading Evan Fournier, Kemba Walker, Alec Burks. 
um, not necessarily as a package deal, but just, you know, any one of them uh, or all of them. However, they're, they're open to moving those guys. Makes sense, right? The Knicks have struggled this year. They haven't played very well. It makes sense why they would want to move. Bobby Marks threw out there. Do you call the Lakers and say, what about Russ in a first-round pick? And it blew Zach's mind so much that he just stopped. It was like, <laughs> I, I, I need a second. Like he was so unprepared for Bobby to say that, that I was like, I was, I was laughing so hard when that part happened. Let me pause here too. I want to send all the love in the world to Zach Mm -hmm. Lowe. Um, I think he is probably everyone's favorite basketball writer, podcaster out there. Nobody ever has a bad thing to say and nobody should super kind, super friendly, super well-connected excellent at his job uh he he'd been away for a couple weeks so we're all kind of wondering what mm-hmm. happened uh he at the opening of the most recent low post podcast said his mom suffered a severe stroke and that that's why he's been away um and that's what he's been kind of dealing with over the last couple weeks so all the love to zach his entire family we're rooting for your mom to get better you know i know we're both massive Absolutely. fans of zach's here um he's been extremely extremely kind to me when he had absolutely no reason to be um i'll just tell a quick aside our first uh interaction ever um was i kept hammering that al horford was probably gonna start at the four for the celtics um the year that they got gordon hayward and Kyrie irving and all that stuff because he didn't want to start at the five like Mm -hmm. that was the thing and zach sent me a note and said uh this tatum kid is really good and they're really high on him horford's 100 gonna start at the five and zach was right and that's exactly what would have happened had gordon hayward not broke his leg in half uh you know on on opening night so just just you know super cool for him to reach out and you know share you know that tidbit going into the season but um but yeah this trade construction just completely set him back he didn't know what to you know think about that so at all. let's break that down uh, in, in theory and i mean it, it works but fournier he's at i mean never google he's at 18.1 million you've got <laughs> you've got alec burks at just under 10 9.5 million aka the, the tht right there um, and yep. then you're, you're adding in Kemba Walker, who's at 8.7. I mean, not bad there. You've got two of those deals that expire. Alec Burks is a team option a couple of seasons from now, but two of yep. those deals expire. And 48 runs one year, right? 48 runs one year longer. The Lakers have their salary set up right now to have cap space, not this off season, but the following off season, they'll have everybody off the books. Yep. 2023. We'll, yeah. 2023. We'll see what happens with LeBron. He may, he may decide yep. he's going to play another 10 years. You never know, right? Um, yep. <laughs> so he'll be out of contract at that point, but he may resign, and maybe that changes all your cap space stuff. But if you're the Lakers, yep. on one hand, you split up Russell Westbrook into three players, which is a lot more manageable, right? To If you decide that you're mm-hmm. going to try to make future moves, you're divvying that up. But you also don't have the roster spots to absorb a three-for-one trade. So you've got to find a way to cut some players, which maybe you do. Maybe you just say goodbye, Kent Bazemore, goodbye, DeAndre Jordan. You eat oh, yeah. that salary, and then off you go. Yep. Or throw them into or, the deal. Or you can put them into the deal if if the Knicks yep. are, are willing to do something like that. Sure. Um, but then you're also talking about taking on money into that cap space here. Is this How would you, would you feel about this from the Lakers' perspective? Is this something that you, that you do if you're L.A., knowing that it costs I, you that first? I would immediately hit whatever button on my phone is to do the three-way call and dial the league in and say, Hey, we have a trade okay. to, to process. I wouldn't even, wouldn't even hesitate. Um, I don't disagree. You, you don't change that much of your 2023 plan by taking on Fournier's 18.8 million. It's a, it, you can figure that out. That's not a number that's so big that you can't move off that number. You'll figure that out. If you need to, you're you'll, you'll get to it. You can, Walker's expired by that year. You could decline the team option on Burks. This would just give them the depth, rebalance a lot of things on their roster, and move forward. But they have a hole at point guard. Yeah, a little bit. I mean, but you've got LeBron. You figure that out. You know, you'd start mm-hmm. 40 a.m. Burks. I mean, the Knicks are doing it and have done it quite a bit. And they're clearly not good, but you know, you can sort through that and figure that stuff out. You, you go. And that to me is I, I couldn't accept this trade fast enough. Is it great? No. Is it a mission of failure to some extent on Russell Westbrook? 
Yeah, probably. But this just resets everything. The question I have Why is, the next you know, yeah. of course. The, the first, the I guess, is their incentive, this, right? right? I mean, it'd be the first. And then I guess you're talking about a star. I think that's uh, just it. Old Nick James yep. might have been all over this. I don't I don't know that the current one, I think they'd rather wait this out and see what they can do with those guys with with that 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 group of players you know, there. But yeah, man, it was it was one where like I, I paused right along with Zach because it was like, holy crap. And then I was like, you know, maybe, <laughs> you know, kind of. This you know, is that out very much. That, that was my first impression, too, is the Knicks a few years ago probably do this. But we all praised the Knicks last year mm-hmm. for changing up their mindset and changing the way they approach things. And they had success because of that. I don't know that they go back into the, something like this. Right. I don't know yeah. that they that they do that. Yeah. You can. I just think they'd rather have yes. the three movable pieces to combine however they want to or as individuals than just the 40, you know, 7 million of Westbrook next year. This year, I don't know that's all that big of a thing. It probably, you know, yeah. nets to basically even for them. Um, and I don't think they really care. But yeah, I think I think next year they'd much rather be in a spot where, okay, we've got these three guys that we can do something with as we continue to try to retool. They could talk themselves into their next big swing mm-hmm. is 2023 as well. Um, it doesn't really change it's anything for them space, there actually. either. Um, yeah. You know, but yeah, it was it was at least interesting enough that I was like, yeah. "Holy cow!" Like, let's let's uh, yeah, let's let's uh, yeah, yeah. at least yeah, absolutely, you know, something to break this. down. We've heard so far the the this is and that's speculation. The reporting has been there is one plausible trade for Russell Westbrook out there, and that's the John Wall deal, and there is one plausible trade yep. for John Wall out there, and that's the Russell Westbrook deal, and nothing else. So I'm going to continue to lean on that. But this is just, it's close enough to where you got to stop and think about it. So I'm glad we were able to, to discuss here. Yep. All right, yeah, let's absolutely. get into... Uh, let's get back yeah. to our, our, our yes, let's ju- Not the subject. Let's jump back just to like for 20 minutes. Um, <laughs> continue with Zach Lowe and let's stick with the Knicks. Teams have been trying to trade for Emmanuel quickly. And New York has said no, which isn't a surprise, yeah. but just interesting to note that teams are kind of poking around, seeing seeing if they can perhaps pry him free from New York. And this is what teams should be doing, right? If you see a team that's struggling, that isn't living up to expectations, might be looking to shake things up, make a move, that you're calling that team, trying to see, hey, maybe they're not as high on this player as, yeah. as, as we are or as they maybe should be. And so you see if maybe you can get a guy that um, that otherwise you couldn't if the team was performing well. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, absolutely. See if you can get Mm -hmm. pounce and vulture a player away. Uh, But the Knicks, the whole idea behind them even thinking about trading those three veterans is to open up room for more minutes for Emmanuel Quickly, Quentin Grimes, their two recent draftees, and then Mm -hmm. Cam Reddish, who they just acquired. And let's remember a couple weeks ago, well, I guess probably a week or so ago, uh, Tom Thibodeau said, Hey, I'm excited when Reddish is ready to go because I don't know how I'm going to work him into the rotation because they just they've got a lot of wings. So, um, so that that's that's 
that's kind of the thought process i think from the Knicks side uh, where the kids were not even interested and i've i've heard too the same holds true for obi Toppin. teams have asked and they're like nope we're we're good and the thought process there is like his best position is the four julius randall best position is the four it all really played well to go but the knicks have held firm to no we're not interested and that's the right decision don't trade don't don't be the knicks of old where you start doing stupid stuff trying to buoy a you know crappy veteran roster that's not good enough and i and i, I trust the front office where they stand today to say now nah, we're but we're do trade for us let me just let me let me put that out there in the in yes. the universe <laughs> the content oh man desire oh for could me you is, imagine yeah could you imagine? That trade, oh. but yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> Ricky. Oh, amazing. You'd oh, have a yeah. hundred videos on Lakers yeah, Nation. Easily. Um, Ricky trade. Rubio got a disabled player <laughs> exception. Uh, the Cavs were able to get one. So that's important yep. to note. Now, he's also been in trade rumors. Uh, apparently, they're, they are interested in Dennis Schroeder. Perhaps can work something out there. But let's, let's go from a, a functional standpoint. They've got the DPE now. If they trade Rubio, what happens to it? Yeah, if you trade him before uh-huh. you use it, you lose it. It goes away because he's no longer on your roster. If you use it, you've used it, and then you, you yeah. there's nothing that can happen, right? It's it got used. So, so that's the 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 you know part of that disabled player exception. I wrote extensively for this on Celtics blog when Gordon Hayward got hurt. So if anybody's looking, all you have to Google, I promise, is Keith Smith disabled player exception Gordon Hayward, and you'll get a bunch of articles um, that come up that explain. But the real quick explainer is it can be used to acquire one player. And that player's salary can be up to $8.9 million. That's the amount of this DP um, that the Cavs got. It's either for half of the player's salary up to the level of the mid-level exception. Uh, so Rubio's half of his salary was less than the MLE. So that's why it's at $8.9 million. But one player can be acquired. You can either sign that player as a free agent, just to reference that. That's what Boston ultimately did with the Hayward one. They went and signed Greg Monroe for the rest of the season. That worked out absolutely wonderful, and the Celtics didn't do anything after that. Um, but anyway, that's just me being cranky about it. Um, they, In this case, you can also trade for a player. The caveat, though, with trading a player is he has to be in an ending contract. No options or anything like that. So it has to be a true expiring deal um, to trade for a player. Because really, it the idea behind this is you're just getting somebody to replace the player you lost for the rest of this season, not a replace a guy for the next five years. Now, if you trade for a player that you bird rights on, that's different. That's up to you because you're choosing to resign him after the season. Uh, you can also claim a player off waivers uh, using the DPE as well, uh, but they must fit inside that. Um, combine it with salary. You can't combine it with another uh, mm. trade exception or anything like like that doesn't work that way um it's it's so it's a lot like trade exception just one player that's kind of the key part the other thing this does not come with a roster spot um that isn't it that is a hardship exception that creates a roster spot this is just a cap exception to replace a player so Cavs roster is full right now so if they were to use this they'd have to they'd have to do something but this gives mm-hmm. them a trade chip that now they could send out a minimum deal to bring in somebody who makes $8 million or something like that and go. And as you mentioned, uh, they've been rumored to be interested in Dennis Schroeder, um, who would come in and it'd be kind of funny to put Schroeder and Rondo on the same team right. um, like that. Um, that would make me kind of laugh there because um, it's always been Rondo and German Rondo. Um, but we'll see if that's where that goes. The Celtics, I presume might have some interest mm-hmm. in that. Cause I would get them out of the tax. Um, if they moved on from, from shooter for even a minimum guy back from the Cavs, but, but we'll see you know, where the Cavs go um, with that. But now they've got a yeah, shooter and Rondo together. They would just have to have a competition of, of wrong-handed scoop layups and, and, and see, yeah. see who's in letting the ball. The, roll yes. And, uh, inopportune times that's the number one thing that drives me more crazy than anything else dennis Schroeder does is <laughs> let the ball roll it's it's it did celtics fans that watch the show know how much that i don't even mention it anymore because now it's like you just it know, just sets you know me what off. he's doing there well it would be an yep. interesting fit i mean we know that the Cavs yep. do still want another point guard rondo is not their long-term 
fit there or anything like that. They're going to want another player. Uh, he was more of a stopgap. So Schroeder, uh, I think, could be an interesting option for them. And uh, we'll see where this goes. It's one, sometimes we look at things and we think, this rumor's out there, but this doesn't really make sense. This makes a lot of sense, I think, from the Cavs side of things. And I think the Celtics as well, because as we've talked about many times here, it's an expiring contract, right? I mean, they're, they're not expected to keep him past, past yeah. next year. Maybe it's possible, maybe, but most likely this was a one-year thing. Sure. So if you're the Celtics, why not get something for Dennis Schroeder now rather than have him walk away and get nothing a few months from now? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's it. you're not getting anything great, but get a second-round pick back and, you know, the whatever salary you need to take back to make it all work out and been off you go. You know, they might even tell the Cavs, Hey, you eat this salary. One thing to keep in mind though, with the Cavs is we talk about them with all this, they're only about 3.3 million under the luxury tax line. I don't know how super thrilled they are with let's add a whole bunch of salary the rest of this year. So that's just something to keep an eye on with, with them is I don't know that they're necessarily going to want to do that to, to add um, sad, take on a lot of salary going forward, but they've got ways okay. they can work cool. around that if they need to. Let's get into the Washington Wizards and Bradley Beal. This is a team that everybody's kind of keeping an eye on. Not sure what's going to happen with the Bradley Beal situation. If he were to hit the market, 29 teams in the NBA will be interested in him. Not that they all could get him, but they would be interested in Bradley Beal. He's an incredible player. The Washington Wizards have maintained that they would like to keep him. Keith, where do we see this heading now that the Wizards have, have started to slide in the standings considerably after a great start to the season? Yeah, I mean, 29 teams would like to get him. I don't know if the Lakers are getting him for oh, THT. Come on. Uh, I don't think that's going to work dreams. out. Hey, see, see our earlier video from today, why? Math is important and math matters. Um, uh, two guys with an education. Matter. That's right. To pump that. I, um, but yeah, I think the reality with Bradley Beal is he's no longer sending the signals of like, hey, I'm here. This is it. Like, I don't mm -hmm. want to go anywhere. I'm locked in. He's now, now kind of let's see what we do. And, you know, he's I said it. He's he's exercised a superstar's right of put yep. pressure on the organization to make you better. And the reality is they're not very good right now. They have really slipped. Um, they're they're now barely mm -hmm. hanging into the last play in spot. And the Hawks are starting to play better. So the Wizards might be in danger of missing entirely. And that's tough after where they started. And what the speculation that's out there is, you know, could be a last for a trade. Now, on the most recent low post, uh, Zach Lowe and Bobby Marks both agreed. They haven't heard anything. Mm -hmm. Everything is pretty quiet on the Bradley Beal front. But what Zach did say, which makes a lot of sense, is Wizards are getting a lot of calls on other stuff. And they yeah. seem pretty ripe for a consolidation trade. Is got, they've got front court guys coming out of their ears. There, you've got Thomas Bryan as bounce, and now you've got Daniel Gafford, Thomas Bryan, Montrez Harrell, probably all right. really centers at the end. Probably, you know, Harrell. I know every once in a while gets pushed to the push to the four, but the problem with pushing him to the four is at the four you've got Kyle Kuzma, uh, Rui Hachimura, Davis Bertans, and then there's a lot of people, believe myself included, that that may be Denny Avdia's right. best position in the NBA as well. And then, uh, then, all right, so slide Kuzma to the wing, right, if you want to play that. Well, then you've got Contavious Caldwell-Pope, Corey Kispert, Avdia. I mean, it's just messy. You've got an awful lot of guys who you start looking at and you say, man, all these guys are kind of pretty good, but that's right. the problem. You can't play all of them. And I think that's what's kind of thrown the Wizards off as they've gotten healthy and gotten all these guys back. It's really hard for Wes Unseld Jr. And sometimes less is more. Sometimes it's better to have your seven or eight guys. I know those are my guys. You fill in around them as necessary and you just run with them. Sometimes that makes more sense. And and, and it's I know people will say, so just don't play some of those other guys. It's not that easy. It doesn't you know, work that way in the NBA. Sometimes, you know, then you're gonna have to deal with guys being unhappy. And this time of year, you're gonna deal with guys saying, trade me if you're not gonna play me. So I do think we're going to get some Wizards action. I don't know. I agree. I don't see Beal. them moving on from Bradley Beal at this point. Um, they're usually not a major free agent destination. And if you've got a guy who is as bought in to the mm -hmm. Washington Wizards as Bradley Beal has been, you want to keep him. However, I think it's also fair for Bradley Beal to put some pressure on them to do something. And I agree that when you've got that pressure plus the slide in the standings, something's going to happen. 
something's going to give here and they're going to they're going to try to make some type of a deal uh right now they've lost their last four games straight the hawks have won their last five games and the knicks are also only half a game back so you have the hawks and the knicks that are a half game back of the wizards for the final not playoff spot play in spot play in tournament spot the wizards are now yeah. the 10 seed Again, losing their last four. And in terms of point differential, they're the only team in the top 10 in the Eastern Conference that is a negative in terms of point differential right now. So there does seem to be a gap between everybody else and, and them. There is this, this split that's coming, which is, again, an incredible slide considering what at one point in the season, they were the one seed in the, in the Eastern Conference. Yeah. Yeah. Not even all that long. So ago. this is, has been a rough Either, stretch yeah. for them. So not a surprise that Bradley Beal is taking this, this tactic, this strategy of trying to put pressure on them and, uh, and based on their roster and what they, what, uh, where things are going in the standings, it makes all kinds of sense for the wizards to make a move, but I don't think it will be the move to trade Bradley Beal. Yeah, no. And the last part on this one is uh, both Zach and Bobby both agreed, and I'm right there with them. Is if you're Bradley Beal, you take the contract from the Wizards, you get the max amount you can, and then if things aren't looking good in a year or two, you have that conversation of, hey, you know, I might want to move on, and then that's when you deal with it. Then you know, there's a deal. You know, I mean, much like Damian Lillard, right? Mm -hmm. Kind of his his counterpart in terms of giving everything you can. Yeah. I mean, he's kind of done everything he can for, for this team. And I don't know that anybody's going to be overly upset if he's like, Hey, I want to go somewhere and really compete uh, for a championship before my career is over. You know, so now, let's see where it goes. Later. Um, the Hawks to jump over to the Atlanta Hawks who are surging. They are apparently not in on Jeremy Grant. They've moved on from that discussion. Now the Jeremy Grant topic, Every team, it feels like, is after Jeremy Grant to some degree or has, or has checked in because he's such mm -hmm. an easy fit in so many different places. So not a surprise that his price might get so high, the bidding war might get so furious for him that some teams will just say, you know, you know what, we're not, we're not going to be in on this. We've already heard the Lakers have kind of moved on from it, knowing that they're not going to get him for what they've got to offer, which, again, not a surprise. Um, the Hawks as well now kind of saying, yeah, this, this just, it's not going to, this isn't going to work out for us. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, and I think if you're the Hawks, the idea right now is mm -hmm. if they're going to trade John Collins, the whole thought process is resetting their cap sheet and kind of saying, our, we, we just can't carry this many guys that are 20-plus million-dollar players uh, because – yeah, we're not the Warriors. We're not the Lakers. We're not the Knicks. We're not the Nets. Like we're just we're we're not one of those teams. And I think the idea of trade for Jeremy Grant and then hand him a contract that's worth almost thirty million dollars a year, mm. that starts to become a major issue. And I think that's the the thing. If you're the Hawks, it's hey, let's step back and go because you're absolutely right. Strictly basketball wise, Jeremy Grant fits just about anywhere. It's when you start to factor in that contract piece of you know there. And then personal opinion. John Collins, I think, is a better player than Jeremy Grant, and I think a better fit for that Hawks roster. I think you've got DeAndre Hunter gives you a lot of what Jeremy Grant can give you defensively, while Collins gives it to you offensively, and I think you're fine with those two versus you know kind of throwing a whole bunch of stuff Detroit's way to get to get Grant and then have to resign him and all that. Agreed. I, I do wonder this win streak. You know, the Hawks have been looked at as a team that is ripe for a, a trade. I wonder if this five game win streak changes mm -hmm. their thinking at all if it, if it if it gives them pause yeah, as far as making a deal yeah. if they think okay well maybe the first half of the season we just didn't have things clicking now we're going to see the team that we really are 
and we're going to look more like last year's team. It'd be interesting to see what they do if they keep winning here. I think, I think them, like any number of teams in the league, are probably mm-hmm. looking and saying, we're finally healthy and we're starting to win games. Like, this is who we always would have been had we stayed healthy, you know, all year. And I, and I think there's a handful of teams in that boat that are really kind of looking at that and saying, hey, mm-hmm. we got our guys back. Look how well we're playing. Like, look at Dallas in the Western Conference, right? They finally got Chris Stapps back. They got some of their role players back, and they, they've started to roll. Boston has started to play a lot better now that they've gotten healthy. They're starting to uh, push up a little bit in the standing. So I do wonder if you're Atlanta, if that the thought process is, Maybe we don't need to do anything. Maybe we'll wait this out and then see where we go in the postseason. Then maybe we can. Yeah, I mean, the the Lakers played a lot better when they got healthy for that one game. (laughs) Moving on. (laughs) I I didn't say it, guys. It wasn't me. It wasn't the Celtics. Oh, man. They had their big three, their their big three back for one game, and then LeBron's got a sore knee. Um, moving on though, the San Antonio Spurs are reportedly getting calls on DeJounte Murray and Derek White. Now we already know Thaddeus Young, he's an interesting guy who probably gets moved by the trade deadline. Makes a lot of sense. Even though the Spurs, we've talked about this a lot, are not necessarily a mid-season trade team. They tend to not do that. But what are your mm-hmm. thoughts on teams calling on those two specific guys? Are, are these guys that the Spurs should even make available at this point? They've committed long-term salary to both of them. Clearly they believe in them. But are these guys the Spurs should should look to to move at this point if this really is a seller's market? Maybe you cash in. No, on DeJounte yep. Murray, they should be keeping him. Uh, Derek White, maybe. His shooting has really slipped this year. He's under 30% from three now, and it's on five-plus attempts per game. Mm-hmm. So that's a pretty good volume to shoot that poorly. Um, he, because of Mari's full on emergence, White has been shifted more than ever into an off ball role. Uh, you have Lonnie Walker's a restricted free agent summer. You drafted Devin Vassell two years ago. You drafted um, uh, Josh Primo this year. So you've got a lot of guys who you can slide in to play that spot. Um, so if you could get, get involved in a Derek White trade that would, again, rebalance you, get you something you know maybe a a four with a little bit more size john collins maybe um if you wanted to get in on that uh shift kelvin johnson down to the three mcdermott back to a bench roll all of a sudden you might be in a different spot if you're the spurs where you look you know very uh, different let me throw this at you did did you you don't you don't have this page up for them do you right now okay okay don't pull it up what do you think DeJounte Murray is averaging points, oh, rebounds, and assists? I did see that when we were doing our all-star stuff. I was looking at this. He's at like 18. Uh, okay. He's somewhere in the in the range of like 18, 8, and 8. Like he's close to averaging a triple-double. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, 19, 8, and 9 with two steals per game. Like that's nuts. And, and no, he's not a good three-point shooter. He probably never will be at this point. Yeah. But when you're doing all the rest of it, like, come on, man. Like this, this, he's the guy for them. Um, you know, I would not, I would 100% be saying no, or I would be asking for, for the moon. Like I'd need a ton back for, for him because, because you mentioned that part of why these guys are in those conversations is their contracts. They're both about $15 million guys this year. And that's going to be, you know, it just steps up slightly going, going forward. And they're both on the con through, uh, Murray through 23, 24, unrestricted free agent in 2024 white one more year 24 25 unrestricted free agent in 2025 so yeah if i was another team mm-hmm. i'd be all over Dejounte murray i'd be interested in Derek white because he's kind of a do everything kind of guy and maybe the shot gets back to where it was a year ago he reminds me an awful lot of marcus smart in a way where kind of does a whole lot of things but if the shooting's not sure. there you you do have to start to yeah, well, what is it going to be? But uh, yeah, I mean, that's yeah. I don't blame we teams for chasing them for sure. Money, just in general, as a negative in the NBA, right? We tend to think, oh no, no, flexibility—that's yeah, what you always. need. But sometimes we forget. You can say, oh, we've got we've got this many million, you know, <laughs> yeah. millions of dollars committed to this player. Do who do, do teams really want to pay that? You've also got a rising salary cap, so like Dejounte Murray yep. on seventeen million in the twenty twenty three twenty twenty four season. 
that could very possibly look like an absolute bargain. It's, I mean, it looks good right now, but two seasons from now, oh, it already does. My yeah, goodness, this, that could be yeah. one of the best deals in the league. If De'Aaron Fox is a max player, yes. Dejounte Murray is a max player. Like that's just you know, I mean, that's just the reality of it, and it's being paid not exactly half, but half what Fox is. Uh, let's so, talk. Well, I know yeah. we talked some Knicks on our last episode, but. We've got another little tidbit here. Ian Begley uh, was talking with Jake Fisher from Bleacher Report and said the Knicks yeah. have touched base with the Mavs on Jalen Brunson. And I guess it's not even so much Knicks that I want to talk here. Knicks being interested in a point guard. Okay, that makes sense. Uh, but but Jalen Brunson in particular, sure. the Mavs are in kind of a, an interesting spot with him. Doesn't make a lot <laughs> this year, but he's, but he's oh, performing. He's uh, playing very well yeah. for them. He's going to have to get paid after this season so what do the Mavs do? I mean, do you do you cash in on Jalen Brunson? Do you try to trade him? But then again, the outgoing salary is not that much. Then you're talking about attaching guys to him to try to make something work. Do you just commit to him and decide you're going to be the team that pays him this offseason? What do the Mavs do here with Jalen Brunson? Now, the good thing for the Mavs is they do have the Josh Richardson trade exception of about $10.8 million. That does allow mm -hmm. you to do an unbalanced salary trade. You could take back a player who makes you know $10 million for Brunson straight up and make that trade work. And they're also, just as importantly, they're about $15 million under the luxury tax. So they have the ability to bring that player in without going over the tax. So the question needs to be, though, is I guess if so this is just kind of a good thought exercise overall, right, with a guy like Jalen Brunson, because what do you set his value at? Just in a vacuum, what would you pay Jalen Brunson this offseason? Remember, we just about DeJounte Murray makes $15 million. I mean, what would you he... pay Jalen Brunson? If that's the bar, right? If DeJounte Murray equals 15 million, then you're probably talking about, I mean, look, he's averaging 15, 16 and six almost this season for Jalen Brunson. You're probably talking about somewhere in the 10 to 12 million range. Yeah, so it's going to, yeah. it's probably going to be more, right? Because mm -hmm. Murray signed that deal. Agent. Murray, well, know, so. no yep. one will, exactly. Murray signed that deal a couple of years ago, took an undermarket deal. You know, so it is what it is. So, I would say 15 to 20, right? That's your probably likely starting salary for Jalen Brunson next year. So if you're the Mavericks, all right, so 15 to 20. Your first question is, mm -hmm. do we want to pay him 15 to 20? If you do, well, then the decision's easy, right? You don't trade him, you keep him, and you, you, know, you move about. If you start looking and saying, man, starting next year, Luca and Chris Apps are $79 million combined mm -hmm. on our uh, payroll just for those two players. Then we've got 19.6 for Tim Hardaway Jr., 11 for Dwight Powell, 10 for Reggie Bullock. All right, can we pay him 15 to 20 million? And are we ready to push that deep into the luxury tax? So, all right, so let's take it a step further. All right, well, who, who's yeah. going to go get him this summer? There's only three teams with cap space Detroit, Orlando, and San Antonio. Just talked about it. San Antonio has a million guards, they're out. They're yeah. not going to. Chase Jalen Brunson. The Magic, same thing. They've got more guards than they know what to do with. They're not going to go after Jalen Brunson. Maybe. Detroit, maybe. But is Detroit ready to say Jalen Brunson's the guy we're going to drop 20 mil on a year to push things? So then it becomes sign and trade. And that's where it becomes, hey, Knicks, yo, mm -hmm. what, what, what are we thinking here? And that's where it becomes right now. This season is, hey, if you're going to do this anyway, maybe right now. Maybe we look at doing it. You know, now season. and then we get as mm -hmm. Dallas, we get some help and keep in mind different front office players, but the, these guys have gotten together on trades in the past. So you could have something there. And that's where I think how you build to that is you go through that whole process. Then it becomes, all right, what if this team's really interested? Maybe we do something today versus waiting another, you know, several months. And remember, if you're Dallas, Tim Hardaway Jr. is now out for a while. Do you mm -hmm. want Alec Burks back? and say, hey, that's a reasonable replacement for Hardaway and can help us going forward, not a crazy salary number. And we get off, maybe maybe we swing it so, hey, you know that pick we owe you? Let's wipe that off the books. We're not going to give you that pick anymore. And then it becomes, you know, uh, Burks and the pick back for Brunson. Maybe that's a reasonable uh, start to be a reasonable no, uh, trade construction there. I do wonder if 15 there. to 20 million is, is really, I mean, it's in play. 
but we've also seen guards get get squeezed in the market recently because a lot of a lot of teams don't need a sometimes point guard right now and particularly an undersized one mm-hmm. he's you know he's 6-1 so i do wonder if if you've got a team that's that's saying 15 to 20 million dollars for jalen brunson no problem even if that is fair market value yeah i think you have to look at it too if if you're Dallas, anything yes, under that number, I'm point. just keeping them, and I'll figure out the rest later, right? If it's if it's under 15 million, if it's 12 to 15 million, done, sign it. We'll figure it all out. If we have to shit a salary later, I'll figure that out uh, with that. So you know, and then also let's just look at the free agent market at point guard. We spent a long time talking about James Harden already. If you consider him to be point guard, which I generally tend to, uh, then it's Kyrie Irving. Well, that's a bananas situation. We don't even know what's going on there. Then after that, it's Jalen Brunson, and you start sure. getting into some big question marks because it becomes uh, um, Ricky Rubio is coming off an injury, Colin Sexton coming off an injury, Andy's restricted, uh, Tomas Sadoransky, Garan Dragic, Patrick mm-hmm. Beverly maybe ish, Tyus Jones, you know, pretty good backup. Uh, let's see what Patty Mills does with his player option for next year. So you're youngish long-term starting option it's Jalen brunson and not much else so that's also says to me you would need to make a move a point guard you're it's Jalen brunson or bust or yeah, just, you know, just 25 years old so teams could potentially sell themselves on him still having that upside there mm-hmm. for them so be interesting to see yeah. how his market plays out and whether or not this impacts things here at the trade deadline because it certainly certainly could um yeah. no sad news nasser little out for the season shoulder injury. Yeah. Uh, the Blazers, man, just, I mean, it's been a rough go for them. Blazers who are starting yep. to play kind yep. of good too. Brutal. Yeah. Yeah. This one sucks too, because I'm just going to pull it up to make sure I'm right on, on this. Yeah. He had basically doubled his output across the board. Um, did Including in minutes played. He was at 42 games played. Uh, his career high over the first two seasons of his career were 48. He started 23 games. Now you can chalk that mm-hmm. up too because guys hurt. But everything else doubled across the board. Points, rebounds, assists, shot attempts, shooting About percentages stayed yeah. relatively solid. Um, as the volume went up, that's always a good sign uh, when that happens. So, yeah, this is just not great for him um, because he was going to play a ton for the rest of this year, no matter what Portland did. And now, you know, out with a you know, shoulder injury and just, you know, it's rough. He's got one more year left on his rookie scale. That's also, you don't want to be going into uh, your uh, mm-hmm. um, with an extension injury. summer with that kind of, you know, hanging out there that you were injured, but you know, it is what it is. I guess the only main, uh, you know, kind of up, side is he's right-handed it was in his left shoulder maybe you know that's that's something to to look you know on the bright side with but yeah man he really had started to play pretty good basketball um for for the blazers and you know that it's just a bummer that you know now a young player on a team that's not really going anywhere is yep. gonna be out for yeah, a large absolutely. chunk of time not, not what you wanted to see for sure uh to wrap things up daniel house nope. gets the second 10-day deal with the the utah jazz uh remember he was a houston rocket got waived earlier on the season We'll see if he can stick uh, stick in Utah, what they do there. But uh, but he's an interesting player that has you know been a, a decent floor spacer in years past, and you know Utah may may have some utility for him here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and sounds uh, Tony Joe of the Athletic, who covers the Jazz, a really good beat writer covering the Jazz. Um, Dio says that mm-hmm. they're really happy with what he's brought them, and kind of makes sense, right? He kind of fills a need for them as a wing defenderish size guy. He hasn't played all that well for them. Hasn't really played well in a couple of years. Uh, really came back to when he had the whole fiasco and got booted from the bubble. Um, but you know, we'll, we'll, you know, I mean, good for him to get that, uh, you know, second 10 day and, and move on and, and go, go from there with that. Hey, we just want to send, I know people, we listen to this on Friday as it comes out over the weekend. Uh, well wishes to everybody, especially those folks in the Northeast. Uh, you know, hope you make it through whatever this storm dumps on you snow wise. Um, Cause it's probably be pretty brutal out there. I know where mm-hmm. my folks live in uh, the, the South shore of Massachusetts. They're saying maybe up to two to three feet. 
of snow um, is going to get dumped on them uh, between today and into tomorrow. So uh, and Trevor and I will be in solid areas. We suffer through, you know, cold for us, cold for <laughs> us, um, where, where we are in the, in the world. Um, you know, for me, that's going to be uh, days that are down in the thirties, forties, fifties here in Orlando, but you know, well, all the best to everybody going through this. Cause it's, it's going to be a pretty rough uh, and it's, you know, if anybody's listening and doesn't know it's even if, snow is fun and you like it that much is not you do not want that much snow that that just kind of ruins everything you can't get anywhere you can't do anything best of luck to everybody dealing with that warm wishes i suppose we we should say um yes yeah hopefully everybody gets through that okay (laughs) but thank you everybody for for watching thank you everybody who subscribed over to the nba front office youtube channel you've turned on those notifications and of course if you're listening to the podcast version of this thanks for everybody who's following us whether it's on apple podcast spotify wherever it is that you listen to podcasts we appreciate all of you hope you all have a great weekend if anything else happens anything major happens we'll jump on if we need to do a weekend show we will but if not then we will see you all on monday till then stay safe see ya Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.